begin this season of Advent, this journey to Bethlehem, this journey to Christmas Eve. God prepares the way, prepares us. So we begin with the candle of hope, and I'd like to begin by talking about the location where Jesus was born. We all know where it was. It was in Bethlehem. But Bethlehem wasn't just sitting empty or waiting till Mary and Joseph made their way in. No, God had been moving, working, preparing, promising for thousands and thousands of years. God was telling us if we had the ears to listen. God was showing us if we had the eyes to see what he was going to do. We hear this word from the prophet Micah. Marshal your troops now, city of troops, for a siege is laid against us. They will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until that time when she who is in labor bears a son and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. Bethlehem. Bethlehem. Bethlehem is a, a village or a town that sits south of Jerusalem. Jerusalem being the, the big city. It sits in the foothills of the Judean wilderness, a place of pastures, of sheep. It has a town square, buildings around it. For thousands and thousands of years, it has sat upon that hill in times of heat and dryness, in times of rain and even snow flurries in Bethlehem. Bethlehem in Hebrew means house of bread. How fitting that the bread of life was born in Bethlehem, the house of bread. God had been moving and working in Bethlehem for thousands and thousands of years, all the way back to Rachel, Jacob. Rachel died on the way into Bethlehem. She was buried beside the road on the way up to Bethlehem. When Israel would lament, they would cry out, I hear Rachel weeping for her children. Rachel, the love of Jacob's life. Rachel, who gave him the son Joseph. Remember Joseph with the coat of many colors? Maybe Jacob loved Joseph a little too much because his mother was Rachel, the love of his life. He, he gave him a coat of many colors, but not his, not his brothers. And they were jealous of Joseph, so they sold him into slavery. 
But it was Joseph, Joseph born from Rachel, who saved his family, who saved his people, all of them, in time of famine. God was preparing the way. God was, we might say, setting the stage, telling us what he was about to do someday because this was the place where Rachel was buried who gave Joseph, who saved his people. Bethlehem, thousands, thousands of years it has been there Wind blown, it has been worn, torn at times. Bethlehem sitting on that bluff day and night, season after season. Naomi was from Bethlehem. Do you remember the story of Ruth and Naomi? Naomi was from Bethlehem, but when famine came across the land, no wheat, no food, she and her family moved to Moab, because she heard there was food there. She needed to provide for her family. But there she lost her husband and both her sons, leaving her with only two daughter-in-laws. And then she heard that food had returned to Bethlehem, that bread had returned to the house of bread. And she told her daughter-in-laws, I am going back to my family, to my people, to Bethlehem. And one of the daughter-in-laws says, that's fine, I'll stay here. But Ruth stood firm. You know what she said, where you go, I will go. And Naomi said to her, why would you go? I, I can't do a thing for you. And Ruth stood firm in faith and said, where you go, I will go. And they returned to Bethlehem. And there they schemed to trick Boaz into marrying Ruth. You can look it up in the genealogy of Jesus. There is Boaz and there is Ruth in Bethlehem. Bethlehem giving us this great story of faith, of commitment, God was preparing a way. God was setting the stage. Bethlehem wasn't just sitting there waiting for Mary and Joseph. No, God was always moving, always acting, telling us that in Joseph, someone will be born, a son will be born to save his people, telling us through Ruth and Naomi that we are to have faith and commitment, not just to one another, but also to our God. Ruth, the Moabite, claimed Naomi's God as her own. And then, and then Jesse. Jesse lived in Bethlehem. And Israel had its first king, King Saul, but God had become unhappy with Saul. So he called the prophet Samuel to go and anoint a new king. Not always a good idea to have a new king when you still have a king. But God doesn't do things the way we do them. God acts as God chooses to act. So Samuel was told to go to Bethlehem, to the house of Jesse. For Jesse had a son that was to be anointed king. And Jesse paraded all of his sons out. The oldest, the tallest, the strongest, the best looking. And every face Samuel looked at, he said, nope, nope, not the one. 
till all the sons had come out of the house. And Samuel says, do you not have any other sons? And basically they said, well, we got the runt of the litter, David. He's the youngest. He pulled the short straw, so he's out with the sheep. And Samuel said, I'll wait. I don't know if he sat there in the house, sat in the town square, sat by the well. But Samuel waited till David came from the fields with the sheep. David, that was ruddy complexion. You know those people that have sort of red, blotchy faces? But when Samuel stared at that face, that face of David, he knew this was the king. There in Bethlehem, in the house of bread, Samuel poured the oil over David and anointed him king of Israel. God was preparing the way, telling us, that one day a king would come. We hear it in the Christmas story that, that Joseph went up from Galilee to Bethlehem in Judea because he was of the house and lineage of David. He had to go to the city of David because that was his birthright. That's where his family had come from. God was telling us that one day, there would become a king. A king not just to rule over Israel, but a king to rule over all creation. God was moving and working for thousands of years there in Bethlehem before that donkey ever took its first step up that hill to Bethlehem, before they heard that there was no room in the end. God had been preparing and moving and setting the stage for thousands of years. Even in the time of sorrow, the loss of Rachel, Jacob losing the love of his life, God was moving and raising up a son, Joseph, who would save his family and his people. Even in the time of a famine, Naomi and Ruth told us, showed us faith and commitment to one another and to our God. Even in the anointing of David when Saul was still king, even a time, in a time of, of conflict and, and division in the kingdom, God was showing us that one day, one day a king would be gone, born that would come to set us free, that would rule over all creation forever and ever. God is always, always moving, always working Sometimes we think, well, we live today. This is the Old Testament. This is the Bible. Back then, God seemed so active. He's not active today. Where is he? He's always, always working, always moving. Sometimes when we least expect him. Definitely not always where we've been asking him to come, not where we are looking for him. Sometimes God comes clear from off stage. Sometimes it's, it's something in the corner of our eye or sometimes it's something twink, twinkling off in the distance. But our God is always, always moving, always moving in your life and in my life. As you prepare your house, is your Mary out of the box yet? Your donkey or Joseph or the baby Jesus? Are they on the table or the lights on the tree? Or are you still in the process? But as you're opening all of those decorations of Christmas, may you look for God. 
May you look to see how God is moving in your life. What is he doing that's preparing you for what is to come? Where is he giving you hope with maybe, where maybe you have lost hope? Or maybe you're so worried or anxious about the future you just can't see hope. Where is he moving in your life, in my life? Where is he afoot in the world? For God is always always moving, always doing something for good, always showing us if, if we can see, always telling us if we can hear that someday, someday it will be wonderful. I love the ending of that, that passage from Micah when he says, and they will live securely for then, for then, his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. One day, and then, then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. Can you believe in it? Can you catch a glimpse of it? Can you know it in your heart, regardless of present situations, that then, then, one day, can you hope against hope that his greatness will be known in all of the world. Let us pray. Oh God, you move in our lives always. So come and show us where you're moving today. Come and teach us. Open our eyes and open our ears so that we might see and we might hear. Lift us up where we are down. Warm us if anything within us has grown cold. Brighten our lives if we feel it is dark. Come, O oh God, and be our God. Move within us and around us and show us the way. Through Jesus Christ, amen.